When General Motors spun off its automotive parts companies, which then formed into the supplier company Delphi, the future looked bright. And indeed, the company did fairly well for a number of years, growing to become the biggest supplier in the world. But then the wheels came off the company. GM was still its biggest customer, and as GM lost money and market share, so did Delphi. Then, the company's former chairman and CEO was accused of cooking the books and misstating earnings. And finally, the same legacy costs that dragged down the big three crippled Delphi. It went into bankruptcy and spent three long years there, only emerging a few months ago. But now, there is a new Delphi in its place, a completely transformed company. And to get a clear picture of where it is and where it's going, my guest on today's show is the president and CEO of the company, Rodney O'Neill, who's done an impressive job of keeping Delphi going through all its turmoil. Joining me on my journalist panel today are Carol Kane, a columnist for the Detroit Free Press and host of her own television show, Michigan Matters, and Tom Murphy with WardsAuto.com. And we'll all be back in just a moment to learn where Delphi is headed in the future. Production of AutoLine provided by... From our studios in the Motor City, this is AutoLine. Here now is John McElroy. Welcome to this edition of AutoLine Detroit. And joining us today, Rodney O'Neill, the president and CEO of Delphi. Great having you on the side of AutoLine Detroit. It's wonderful to be here. Thank you for having me. And also joining us today is Carol Kane, a free press columnist and also the host of Michigan Matters on CBS, and I should add, Emmy Award-winning television show. Congratulations on that, Carol. Thank you very much. I'm following your lead here, and it was you being on my show, Michigan Matters, which was included in the reel that they submitted that one, so I thank you. <laughs> they also said you're the only person on broadcast talking faster than me, so. <laughs> I'll try to slow down then. And also joining us today, Tom Murphy from wardsauto.com, and great having you here, Glad too, to be John. Here. But let's talk about Delphi, and even yourself. Uh, I'm amazed that you're able to be here. I can't believe the turmoil that the company has gone through. Tell us a little bit about what you went through and how you're emerging from bankruptcy right now. Well, as you know, our, our journey started back in 2005 as we began the transformation process of Delphi. Today, I, I can tell you that transformation is complete, and we've turned into a wonderful growth story, radically different than what we were in 2005. 2005, we were centric here to North America, centric here to one very important customer, which was GM. Since then, we have uh, become much more global. 70% of our business was actually here in North America in 2005. Now it's the exact reversal of 70%, uh, almost 75% of our business now is outside of North America. And, and outside of General Motors too, or is that still the well, same? Well, in 2005, 50% of our business with, is, was with General Motors. Now it's in the 17% range. Um, and so we have become much more global Totally different company then. Absolutely, totally different company. When you look at bankruptcies, Chrysler and GM both came out of bankruptcies rather quickly. In the case of Delphi, it took upwards of three years. What, what took so much longer? Um, we didn't have the, the power of the U.S. government, I think, helping us through the process. But more importantly, ours was a much more difficult uh, one because of the, um, the, the legal entanglements and, and those issues. But... It, it was a long process. I'm glad it's behind us, and, and we're just moving moving forward. When you look at uh, what's occurred for Delphi, since we came out of bankruptcy in October, it's been a, uh, a wonderful ride up in terms of uh, um, the growth story that we've become. 
We continue to book business with our our, uh, our customers. We've uh, already booked almost $8 billion through the, the, the first uh, parts of, of this year, right through May. So again, we continue to make confirmation that our technology is relevant, it's important, and globally it is, um, it is being uh, acquired by our customers through contracts uh, even as we speak. So we're doing, we're doing a wonderful job. The team is I, doing an outstanding job. If I could job. just ask you one quick follow-up on the bankruptcy. It seemed like that the news and headlines coming out of Delphi through the years was all about downsizing, layoffs, and reductions. In terms of just sheer stature, size, number of employees, how many did you have at the start? Close to 180,000, and where are you at now? We're uh, about 100,000. Um, it was about 84,000. Uh, I just want to correct some things, though. Uh, what, what this was all about, uh, the Delphi story, the transformation story, really centered around portfolio. Back in 2005, we had uh, um, done some studies of some megatrends that were emerging in, in the auto industry. And what was coming uh, forward in terms of our data were three important trends that fit nicely into our portfolio, a certain portion of our portfolio, which was safety, uh, green, environmental, and connectivity. Uh, so when we looked at our portfolio back then um, and looked at the emerging megatrends, those spaces were, were becoming warm then. They're very hot now and even hotter in the future as the consumer who is demanding uh, safety is demanding environmental, demanding, and demanding connectivity. No matter where you are in the world, you want that. And governments are doing the same. Uh, so. We, we look pretty smart now because that, that was great space for us to, to carve out in terms of our attention and our focus. But more importantly, our technologies that we have are, 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 are market relevant, they're, they're award winning, and they fit nicely into that. So as a result of that, um, this was about Delphi at the time taking its portfolio and reshaping it away from uh, things that were uh, more commodity-like and less technology-based, and definitely not in those three spaces, to focus on that space that are high-tech and, uh, and make a difference uh, uh, and to the consumer and, and, and also ultimately to the, to, the, to the OEMs. So as a result of that, the, the calling process that we, we did in order to get ourselves weaned down to be focused uh, as we moved from 119 product lines to, uh, to right around 35, we moved from seven divisions to five, four OE, one aftermarket, uh, was, was uh, um, about uh, uh, 84,000 people uh, were, 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 came out of Delphi, and as a result, revenue is, uh, came down to right around, around 12 billion today. We'll grow to the 15 to 16 billion in two to three years, uh, uh, de depending on the macro issues. What's the breakdown between automotive and non-automotive business at this point, and what was it several years ago? When you look at uh, non-automotive, and the way we define non-automotive is non-light duty, uh, in that which would be heavy-duty, uh, mid-duty uh, mid uh, uh, commercial vehicles, as well as things like marine motorcycles, and also pure non-automotive, uh, we have some of that. In 09, it was approximately 10% uh, of our company, 9% uh, of our company, hit around $900 million worth of revenue. It's growing at a 20% cage rate. Out through uh, 2013, it will go from $900 million to well over $2 billion. Um, so it's a significant part of our company. So is it is it... A situation where, you know, it seems like a lot of suppliers are starting to look for more business outside automotive just because of the, you know, the cycle that we've been in for a couple of years now. Should, you know, should Delphi continue seeking more non-automotive business? And, and is, it, is, it, is it possible even that Delphi might just 
eventually want to exit automotive, I guess. No, we don't want to exit automotive. Uh, as a matter of fact, we, we put the name back in into our name, Delphi Automotive, uh, when we actually emerged from bankruptcy. We're very much in an automotive company. We love it. And there's a lot of growth uh, in this business. Uh, and we spent a considerable amount of time getting out of things that were non-automotive, that weren't focused around our, what I would call our, our competencies. Um, no, I think there's enough space uh, for uh, diversity around um, um, being away from light duty, where we uh, will have enough diversity geographically. Uh, we're, we're geographically dispersed. We're customer di diverse now. Um, in, in that we have a wide variety of customers. As a result of that, I think uh, the, the areas we're in, in terms of safety, in terms of green, in terms of connectivity, and the diversity around uh, heavy duty, mid duty, and, and uh, some, some non-auto applications, we are, we're, we're, we're just fine in terms of our balance, uh, in, in terms of being able to handle any cycles up or down uh, in the industry and or in the regions. Delphi was always known as a company that had really cool technology. I think a legacy of having come out of General Motors, which always had historically uh, spent a lot on R&D. How were you able to keep that going during all this turmoil that the company's going through? Well, one of the things that were, was important to us throughout this process was our technology because there was no point of going through the transformation if you come out the other end and, and you're not uh, a technology company, which is our heritage. is and this also is our future. So we continue to, to spend heavily on engineering and heavily on developing a, a pipeline full of technology. Okay, you touched on connectivity, green, and uh, what was the other one? Safety. <laughs> Safety. Yes. What are the hot products? I mean, what are the things that really get you charged up? You, you talked about growing by what? Almost $5 billion in the next five years 40 in terms of sales? 40% from 2009 to uh, what, What's to going to drive that? Can you talk about specifically some of the things you've really well, got coming? Well, I, I think we can, we can talk. I, I, we'd be here all day. Uh, we, you know, <laughs> okay, just, I, I did say we had a pipeline full. What's your but, hottest top? Well, I, I, don't, I, I, think I love all of our technology. I love all our divisions. But I, I, I'll talk about what I think are, are, are very important areas. And then, and then that we, can, we can spend some time as much as you want on the specific technologies. But obviously, fuel efficiencies, um, um, miles per gallon um, improvement is huge. So in terms of the, the injectors, both uh, fuel delivery, uh, in terms of diesel and or gas are, are hot and becoming even hotter. And so I'm very proud of our, our, our technologies in that arena. You look at uh, driver um, distraction, um, driver fatigue. We have some outstanding technologies that uh, can look at your eyes and see if you're, you're paying a, a attention or not. And, and you combine that with some of our forward-looking uh, radar, rear-looking radar systems can actually see something's in front, know that you're not paying attention, and can actually say, hey, you got something in front of you. I mean, there's so much we can do in terms of creativity. That's just a couple, but we, we, we've got it all. And, and, and so in some of the interfaces that we now have with uh, some of the new smartphones and the ability to take that and display it uh, almost in, your, uh, in, in the NAV system in your in your in your IP is just incredible. So uh, we 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 literally have just about uh, any and everything that you can think of uh, uh, from connectivity through safety and, and green uh, uh, that 
that, that you would want in your vehicle, the governments were wanting the vehicles, just outstanding stuff. We'll, we'll have to get you out and show it to you. Good. Speak, speaking of market opportunities, one of the hottest countries that a lot of companies have been looking at is in China mm -hmm. with 1.3 billion consumers. I know that Delphi has been in there. How important is China to the overall mix from profits and everything else that you're uh, undertaking right now? Well, China is the cornerstone of our Asia-Pacific strategy. Um, we've been there well over two decades, so we're, we're, uh, we're deeply Im embedded in the fabric of, of, of China. It's, um, um, it, we expect it to be in 2013 right around $2 billion worth of, of, of our company. So it's, uh, it's going to be somewhere in the 20% range, 15 to 20% range of, of Delphi in, in just that short period of time. So it, it's, it's a very important aspect of it. I was at a meeting about two years ago, and there was a Delphi executive there at an auto conference making a presentation talking about what was going on in North American operations for Delphi versus all the other countries. And the company was profitable in every country, he said, with the exception of here in the U.S. Talk a little bit about the drain of North America and the amount of business that you have here and the impact on Delphi. Well, North America is a, is, a, is a contributor to our company now. It's quite profitable. It throws off cash. It's cash positive. So all that's behind us. Um, uh, today, Delphi's story is one of high tech, one of being relevant in those three spaces, and above all, high growth, double-digit cager. So North America is an important market. Um, even though it's much smaller than we all were used to over the, uh, just a few short years ago, um, we have gotten ourselves right-sized here. It's uh, North America's about 27% of our business, um, and it's a huge market, and we plan on being part of it, and, and uh, we're, uh, we're here to stay. So it's, it's, it's important. Not a drag on the company at all. Very, very much a profit center for us now. You mentioned diesel. Is there a market for diesel in the U.S. Uh, going forward? I think so, uh, but there's uh, some hurdles that we have to overcome, I think, as an industry. Some are psychological from, I'd call the damage that the, the industry did to the consumer a few years back when we brought out diesels and they weren't quite the, the wonderful machines that they are today in terms of wonderful performing at the low end, clean and not noisy. The other thing is the availability of, of, uh, of, of the diesel fuel at, at, at reasonable prices and also just the sheer availability around. It's a wonderful machine. Uh, really does a great job. And so I think there's room for it here. Uh, but I do think that the, the, the hybrids have a, a much greater hold over, over the, the mind share of the consumer. And the gasoline engine, at least as I see it here in the near term in North America, is probably still going to be the mainstay. And I think diesel will, will bring it. It'll probably be in the range of 10 to 15 percent, I think, of the, of the, of the, the, the engine options uh, in you know, the, about five years. Can you say anything about the, uh, the ownership structure for Delphi? I mean, Silver Point and Elliott control the company at this point, and I'm, I'm curious how you see them as an investor in the company. Do, do you see them wanting to stay with Delphi for a long time or potentially exiting in the near future? And how about an IPO? What's the, what's the outlook for an IPO? Um, I, I don't know all of the answers to your, uh, to your question, so I, I'll tell you what I do know. And, and first of all, we'll start by, by what's important to this management team. Our role as a management team is create value, grow the, top, the company to the top line and grow the bottom line. 
And uh, from there, it will uh, work itself out in terms of the marketplace and the owners deciding when and where they would like to uh, monetize the, the company. Our owners have been extremely um, supportive of, of this company, and we are, we're, we're glad to have them. In addition, they have installed a board of managers that uh, allows the ownership structure to not be involved in the day-to-day. -day. So they're not involved in the day-to-day. -day. Delphi is ran, for lack of a better set of words, uh, like a company that was public we run. We have, a, we have 11 board of managers that were selected by the owners, and that's the way the company is run and, and strategically guided by the management team and, and, and that, that set of uh, board of managers. The, the, the owners really aren't involved in the day-to-day. So um, in terms of whether or not the, the owners are, are long-term, I, um, I, I think that the, what matters is Delphi is structured to be long-term, not to be anything but a cohesive company, as I just mentioned, and the ownership structure will just take care of itself. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased with the way it's been designed. It's taken a lot of noise out of the system, and it's it's been quite smooth uh, the way the, the owners have designed how they would govern a company. It's governed through a set of professionals and, and, and very qualified professional managers, our board, our board of managers. So it's that's the way it's ran. Okay, you like injection systems. You yes. like hybrids. What's uh, Delphi doing in the hybrid arena, if you will? And also, in tied in with that, what's your outlook for electric vehicles? Um, I think electric vehicles, start with electric vehicles, uh, interesting technology, limited by the battery. And uh, I think there's a, a couple things that will impact how successful that, that power plant ends up being. And I think the, it's gonna be the, the battery. If the battery, uh, improvement isn't radically improved uh, soon, I, I don't see it being a, a deep penetrating part. It's just limited. But it's wonderful technology. Clearly it works, um, but because of the one, the, 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 the battery life, hence the short drive times or drive distances and the cost factors I think will limit it. Um, hybrid is a better solution set um, because it does combine uh, the, the, the gasoline uh, propulsion system with, with the battery, and so it does, they complement one another as a result of that, it does overcome some of the limitations that the battery the battery has. And it's coming down in, in terms of price. Where Delphi fits in in terms of that is our ability to control the electronics and the, and the, and the logic around how that works. We're not in the uh, power generation part, we're not in uh, the turning machine, uh, the generator. What we're in and is, is in the converters, the inverters, the software, the control systems of managing that very complex system. That's Delphi's value prop, and we're doing quite well on it. So you're agnostic if it's a parallel hybrid or a series hybrid. Is that true? Would you have the, the power controls for either system? We're, we're agnostic in terms of, of that. In terms of getting the Delphi story out, you are one of the highest-ranking African-Americans in the auto industry. A lot of people, I think, don't even are not even aware that you're African-American running this. Obviously, the last few years, you've had a lot of things going on. As you raise the profile of Delphi with your businesses and, and so forth, are you yourself going to be taking a more visible role within the community here in Detroit and Michigan, other places here? Because, again, at this point, I don't think you've been exactly out there, maybe even dealing with other issues in terms of the company. Well, I, I, I do have a global business to operate, and, 
as much as I love this area and, and, and want to spend more time in it, <laughs> I do have to uh, get in other parts of the world. Um, uh, well, I spend more time in, in Detroit, absolutely. I, I, I love the city. I've, I've been here now almost 16, 17 years it's a, uh, in terms of the, the greater metropolitan area. So it's a wonderful place. I, um, I will do what's required in terms of making our, our, our company move forward. And then, as always, we're, we're good corporate citizens of the communities that we're involved in. So not only have we given financial assistance, we've also given our time and our, and our in-kind help. So I should be no different as CEO. All, all of my team around the world does it, so I, I'll be doing the same. Since you're based here in Michigan, Michigan has a series of issues and woes going on due to the economy, changes in the marketplace. You've obviously been living that here. There's a new political structure that will be put in place with the new governor. How optimistic do you feel about the state, again, having been here some years now, as far as going forward with what we're going to be facing? Well, when you look at uh, all the various stats of how, how Michigan uh, is, uh, stacks up to other states in, in America, we don't, we don't stack up very well. Uh, I think the beauty is, is uh, with anything, if you want to change, first you've got to face up that what is the issues. So I, I am hopeful that uh, all of us here are now looking at ourselves and looking at our state and saying, oh, here's our problems. Now, how do we fix them? It can be done. There's, there's the, uh, the, the, it's just a matter of leadership deciding that they're going to do it. So I'm hopeful we'll, we'll find out here who our new leaders are going to be and then hopefully both working with uh, government and business together. We do need that. I think there needs to be more cooperation and collaboration between government and business in order to drive the economic machine of this great state. So uh, right now we, we have a, a lot of issues. I don't think we have many solutions. We've got to sit down and map a way through together with both business and government in order to solve this problem. It's a big problem, and it has to be addressed now, absolutely now. What can you say about the employee morale, um, you know, especially at the plant level? Um, workers have given up a lot in terms of pay and benefits, a lot of jobs. As you mentioned earlier, thousands of jobs have been eliminated. Um, how does that translate onto the plant floor? Um, you know, are you pleased with the level of morale in the plants? Uh, has it gotten any better since the bankruptcy ended? Well, I, I think there's a, there was a convergence of, of some issues, so I, I want to make sure that, that we don't spend a lot of time saying that this was Delphi-specific. Remember, we happened to have be, been in Chapter also when the world imploded financially. So there was a whole lot of people in Chapter, whether they were legally or not. They, they weren't doing very well. And, and there's a tremendous amount of contraction. So emotionally, it wasn't just you know, workers at Delphi, I mean, emotionally, uh, confidence was shattered really across the globe, let alone here in this nation. Um, and, you know, I, I, my, my father always told me, if you want things to be better, do better. And we're doing quite well. And morale does have a, 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 a funny way of following, either doing better or leading. I don't know which comes first, but they always come together. And so as, as we now have, uh, have come out as a transform transform company, uh, a growth company, doing quite well, um, making sure that we're in the top tier of, uh, from a technology perspective, being sure that we're in the top tier from an earning power perspective, such that Delphi is an elite company. And as our, as our employees and our team members around the world have, have uh, contributed to that, and now they see the, the results of their hard work it's hard not to be positively excited about the results that we're, that we're, that, that we're achieving now as a result of that great work. Yeah. Steve Miller left the company. Um, he was, of course, a lightning rod for UAW criticism. Um, 
he was chairman of the company, and with him gone now, has that tended to soften the uh, relationship at all between Delphi and the union, or, or even some of the other unions? Well, as, as you know, as a result of the, the deal with uh, General Motors, the, the, our U.S. sites went back to GM, and with that, uh, the UAW um, membership in those facilities also went back to GM. So that's, that's, that's not an, an issue with Delphi uh, any longer because we no longer own those facilities. So they, they're, they're, they're gone. But we have unions all across the globe, and we work quite well with, with all of our, our labor constituents. And they're a very important part of our company. They're the most uh, uh, members, uh, in terms of num sheer numbers, they, they are the, the vast majority of our, of our uh, headcount. And um, we, uh, we value each and every member that uh, is across the globe. So we're, we have very positive working relationships with our unions. And with that, we're going to have to wrap it up. But Rodney O'Neill, thanks so much for coming in and bringing us up to speed with the amazing transformation that's going on with Delphi. And boy, it sure is good to see the company coming back. And I want to thank Carol Kane as well, Tom Murphy as well. And I'll be back in a moment with some closing thoughts. Production of AutoLine provided by... I'm pretty impressed with Rodney O'Neill because he's managed to survive all the turmoil that the company's gone through. You have to realize that most of the old management got axed, but obviously the current owners decided that Rodney O'Neill was the one to take this company into the future. Join us again next week as we continue to bring the latest coverage of what's going on in this industry. And for all of us here at AutoLine Detroit, thanks for watching. We'll see you next week.